At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hello, hello, here we go. It's the Copyright Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another Copyright Podcast. I'm Mick Moran, and I'm joined by the Anfield Raps, Craig and Anne. How are you doing, Craig? I'm good, mate. Nice nice to, to, to be on, and, and thanks for getting me on. No, no worries. I think I mean we. I think we had you on back in the the audio only days where we had you on like just over like a landline, and then the, the the sound cut out, and then we had to ring you back and stitch it all together and whatever else. But this is your proper proper uh, YouTube copy podcast debut. So nice one for nice one for jumping on. No worries. Yeah, that was the that was pre pandemic. That was the day <laughs> we, all, we all got so good at Zoom and and video call and all of that. So yeah, I was stood in the corner of our office, which is dreadful for signal anyway. <laughs> trying to get signal, it was definitely my fault with the signal cutting out. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, I mean, I think me and Jay were just like sat there, and it was just like we were just you were out, you were just chatting, and then it was like boop boop boop, and I was like, no, was like, you missed fuck. all the good content. You missed all the good. Yeah, bits. that was like the best like thirty seconds that, that we didn't get. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're just gonna have a little chat about the recent Liverpool stuff. So obviously, Stevie G going to going to Villa, um, Liverpool season so far, and then um, a bit about Arsenal coming up on on Saturday. But before we do that, what we do on these preview shows is we have a little two minute bottle question just to kick off the show. And today's is from Alan on Twitter, and the question is. When is it socially acceptable for your Christmas decorations uh, to go up? Craig, what are you reckoning? What are you oh, God. Um, I'm devastated this question's come because my, my Christmas tree is up already. Um, <laughs> it went up on the 14th of November, which is the earliest it's ever gone up. And um, essentially, my, uh, my wife um, sneaked them up when I was upstairs. She, and she basically put them up with the lights on and then said that because it was up already, I couldn't take it down. Which is a really good strategy, um, and and yeah, so yeah, we had some friends over, and and it was a bit embarrassing, sort of saying, yeah, my deckies are up. So I don't know if that's socially acceptable. Um, it's in a room where um, you know our neighbours can't see. Thank thank God. Um, but I, I I I mean I was always a first of December guy. I, I'm always first of December. I'll get the Christmas music on, get the get the decorations up. You know, it's Christmas time this year. 
I've started. I've started early, about two weeks. Two weeks too early, probably. I think it's a bit more acceptable in in, in current climates and it with the, with the shit that's going on. So I mean, I haven't got mine up yet, but I think like last week, last week in November, or but then I think I probably will do it like next week, maybe just just because have some lights in the house and whatever do you else. know what I, I would have, yeah yeah exactly i would have understood it sort of last year when we were in lockdown needed something to sort of cheer us up to be to be honest now that they're up i love them being up i love like watching tv and the christmas tree being there i have no idea why it just makes like everything sort of happier in the room doesn't it but i'm also worried about like what the comments are going to say about me putting my digressions up on the 14th and what sort of like weird fella you get <laughs> on your podcast <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, I mean, I wasn't gonna. I mean, I, I do watch the, the the rap quite often. I wasn't gonna bring up the crisps and, and the smashing up of the crisps, but <laughs> <laughs> people don't know what you're talking about. You're basically I eat oh, the crisps. God, I open the top and I don't like grease on my fingers, so I like I like basically smash the bag all together so the crisps are all in pieces and pour into my mouth. People think <laughs> I'm an animal for doing it, but I've just always done it, so I'm not apologising for it. I'm saying don't knock it until you've tried it. Honestly, I think I was just sat there. But like, I think I was waiting for a moment. I was just watching you, and I was like, and and I think Robbo said that, and I was like, I think I just literally stopped everything I was doing. I was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" He's a little grass, Robbo, saying that on the, on the YouTube. He said it on the YouTube whenever I wasn't on with him, and I'm getting comments being like, "What is wrong with yeah. you?" Like I'm getting tweets, "What is wrong with you?" And, and I had no idea what they were talking about. So yeah, try it. Honestly, it's good. It's uh, it's productive. It's you know, you get through them quicker. Uh, <laughs> you can just bang through like a multi-pack of six in like <laughs> yeah. a minute and a half <laughs> yeah yeah in no time <laughs> but uh yeah we'll get well let's get into it then obviously before we get into obviously the, the liverpool stuff let's talk about a little bit about steven gerrard and him going to um he's back in the premier league and he's gone to aston villa what have you you made of it all i think it's been for me it's been a bit like like fifa career mode and footy manager like when like you're 30 years in the future and like Steven Gerrard's son like signs forever and all something and you're just like, what the fuck's going on? It's just been a bit crazy, hasn't it? Yeah, it's one of those, those things that makes you sort of realise you're a lot older now, that you're heroes from when you were a kid are now, are now managers. You know, it's Lampard as well, Gerrard, there's there's loads of them. Um, even even the, the talk that uh, Gio Van Bronckhorst is going to take over at Rangers after, after Gerrard as well. He's like a player you sort of grew up watching, but... Um, in terms of what I've made of it, I mean, whenever I first heard of the news, I thought it would be a bad idea. Like, I thought if I'm Steven Gerrard, you know, and I'm thinking about my pathway to Liverpool, I'm thinking about how many trophies I can pick up, I'm thinking about silverware, and I know people can sort of denounce Scotland and, and talk the league down, but, you know, what he achieved at Rangers so far is, um, you know, was brilliant in terms of what he came into at the club and where he sort of dragged them up um, to in terms of league title. Um, but I expected him to leave Scotland with more. I expected him to stay around for the end of the season. They're five or six points clear. They're in the semi-final of a cup. Um, they're still in Europe. Um, I expect them to leave at the end of the season and and you know and and leave with another league title and maybe his first cup because that's something he, he he hasn't done in Scotland is win a cup yet. Um, I mean, jobs like Villa don't come around every day, and that's the the one thing I would say about it all. I think that he's probably looked at it and thought, am I? At the end of the season, am I going to get a much better offer? And you know, I I would say not. Like it's a big club, Villa. You know, it's got they've got they've got dough, they've got money to to, yeah, to yeah. spend. You know, they're a team that are underperforming, um, and they're a team that you know Gerard can come in straight away and inspire, um, and you know get that you know the cliche new manager bounce. 
Um, you know, hopefully in January he'll have a bit of money to spend. But even if he doesn't, they've signed some really exciting footballers that they just haven't been able to get on the pitch yet through injury. So, you know, it's there's real opportunity at Villa for him. I just I just don't see that as the the, the stepping stone before Liverpool. I think I think he'll still need unless he performs absolute miracles at, at Villa, yeah. unless he's the best manager that they've had in the past 30 years or even in their history and he gets them in the Champions League and you know he maybe wins an FA Cup maybe similar to what how Brendan Rodgers has done at Leicester unless he does something like that I just don't see how that's the next sort of I, I don't see how he takes over immediately after Klopp I think he would need another job if that makes sense yeah I, I think that, I, I agree with you in, in, in a way I just feel like it's. I mean, it's. There's pros and cons to both, isn't he? Like, you want him to come. You want him to come to the Premier League because if he's going to falter, then you want it to be not at your club. But <laughs> yeah. then you don't want him to fuck up Villa and then also fuck up his future potential chances to be to be the Liverpool manager. And I think even like when Klopp, if Klopp does leave in 2024, which we we all hope he doesn't, we all hope he stays a, a bit longer. Then it, it might be it might be too soon. Now, obviously, th- only three years at Rangers. If he stays at Villa for three years as well, then he's only six years into his management career, which is is is, is quite not very much for a, for a, for a manager these days, is it? No, I think there's a few things. I think the first thing is I I I actually wonder whether he sees himself as the person that takes over from Klopp. Like I wonder if he's looking at it and thinking, well, you know. I don't actually want to come in straight after Klopp because who would? Like, imagine trying to fill those shoes. Like, I wonder if he's plotting the sort of the the manager after the manager, the manager after Klopp, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? That he doesn't yeah, instantly yeah. come in straight away, that, you know, he takes over from afterwards. Um, I think, you know, he did a brilliant job at Rangers and, and how he sort of managed to change their culture and how he came in and just sort of, uh, you know, everyone talks about Rangers and Celtic being the, the top two, but... Rangers weren't there. They, they weren't anywhere near as good as what the, he had them, um, the, the level that he had them performing at. Um, Steven Gerrard will want to win a league at Liverpool. He doesn't want to just be Liverpool manager. He wants to he wants to do the thing that he didn't do as a player. And so he'll want to give himself the best opportunity to do that. And I don't think Steven Gerrard takes the Liverpool job if, if he doesn't believe that he's A, the right man to do it, or B, has the experience and the know-how. Um, and, you know, the B... There's a certain, I think one of the things when I think of like Brendan Rodgers as a manager at Liverpool, one of the things that I felt is he constantly felt as if he needed to prove himself because he didn't have a, a, a playing career beforehand. You know, he wasn't this like big name. And so you see in like the, the Be in Liverpool documentary and in the interviews, he's a bit like, you know, there's things and you can just, you're cringing watching it. And he's, he's just trying to sort of get a point across and prove himself. And that's one thing Gerard doesn't have to do. He walks into a room and he's Steven Gerrard. And so you'll get the attention of the players. It's just, you know, he's, he's won a trophy now at Rangers. It's about what he does next to Aston Villa. And I mean, what you mentioned there, like uh, not making mistakes on uh, at Liverpool. I, one of the things I liked them being at Rangers, one of the reasons I liked them being at Rangers was because he'll make mistakes up there and he can make them and still win leagues. He can make them yeah. and still win the cup. He can make them and still sort of challenge and he can make them on, on Rangers watch. And there isn't the glare of England. And, you know, in this job now that he's taken, the glare of the Premier League is yeah. on him, the glare of the world's on him because he's just taken over Aston Villa. So it'll be really interesting to see how he does. I'm excited for him though. It's nice seeing him in the Premier League. It'll be exciting him coming back to Anfield as well. Yeah, I mean, well, that's very soon, isn't it? But I think even like 
like the balls to to do it in in a way because like you said he could have just played it easy and just went well I'll I'm happy at Rangers they're happy with me I could stay here for another however long he wanted really because he was he had them in a in a really good in a good way so he could have stayed there but he's he's took the risk and like I said every game against against Villa now is going to be like Gerard versus whoever and I like he's got, if he goes to when he goes to Goodison Park and whatever else it's just going to be any spares for that by the way no fucking hell. <laughs> That'll be fucking I think that's a, it's a good point that that's something that like you know we should definitely sort of um you know we should celebrate that with Stephen Gerrard is the fact that he could have in theory he could have stayed at Liverpool um managed the 18s then managed the 21s then gone into Klopp's backroom staff then you know maybe made himself a, a sort of key figure within that and then and you know seen Klopp sort of promote him from within but he thought to himself no, I'm going to leave. I'm going to get the sort of life experience. I'm going to manage a big club in Rangers with expectation. I'm going to shoulder that. Um, and I'm going to make them better and have them challenge game, which he did. And now he's, you know, he's taking another risk. And, you know, he's, 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 you know, fair play to him. Fair play to him for doing that and deciding, well, actually, rather than sort of try and be a Guardiola or a Zidane, someone like Zinedine Zidane, who worked at Real Madrid for six or seven years and then was promoted to within Jared's gone, actually, I'm going to go out and make it happen for myself. I'm going to go out and make sure that there's no question marks around me and I'm the best possible manager that, um, you know, I can be. Um, but when Liverpool come calling, because they will at some stage, at some stage, Stephen Jared will probably become manager of Liverpool. Yeah, I think it's like the worst kept secret, isn't it, in the world? Like, it's it's going to happen eventually. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, yeah. when will it be? Like, what year will it be? I think that's that's the only contentious point, isn't it? Really? Even even the contracts, even the contracts being signed uh, when he uh, took over at Rangers and then he got the new contract at Rangers, his contract went to 2024, was announced on the same day that Jurgen Klopp's contract was announced 2024. He signs for uh, Villa and his contract 2024. So there's something there. And I don't know if that's a conspiracy or uh, you know, like whether that we're just sort of like putting two and two together and getting five, but <laughs> that's twice now. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it's it's, it's certainly a way of looking at it, isn't it, in, in, that, in that way. But uh, let's have a look. We've got a few comments here. So we've got... One from uh, Jamie Phillips football chats. Good evening, fellas. I hope Stevie smashes that villa. We've got John Moore for me. He had to manage someone else in the Prem before having the chance to come back to Liverpool, which I think we agree with. And then he's also, uh, Jamie's just put Villa's last game of the season is against City, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I did not know that. I wonder if it's home or away. That, that's that's really interesting. Um, because like we've, seen, we've heard Gerard talking in his, his press conferences at Rangers, like, Everyone knows he's a Liverpool fan. There's no point in him trying to hide it or squash it. But you know the, the amount of times he's talked about Liverpool in the in his press comes. I remember the one the day after Barcelona. Um, yeah. You know, and he's and he's getting asked questions about Rangers, and he's sort of saying, "What about the Reds, though?" Which is which is funny. But in terms of the Premier League comment, I don't like. I, I didn't actually think. I didn't actually think that was the case. I think you know. I I, I thought he might like. There might be sort of a route via like the Bundesliga or something like that, where he could take over a team like. You know, I don't know if it's a Dortmund he would get, but like a uh, like a, a Leverkusen or, or or someone like that, Leipzig, someone like that is, that's exciting and sort of vibrant. And there's, you yeah. know, you can sort of see a way of getting into the Champions League and then a way of, you know, performing well in the Champions League and progressing that way. I thought he might look at something like that, but no, Steven Gerrard's throwing himself in at the deep end each time. Fair play to him. Yeah, and then that like last game of the season, just play a nice little flat back ten. Take, take, take a nil-nil and Liverpool win the league. So I wonder what, celebra- what, what would he be like at the end. No, he'd be he'd be he'd be the pretty professional in front of the camera, isn't he? But 
Um, I'd just love it. Just straight down the tunnel, come out with like a big fucking Liverpool flag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's another thing actually. Like him, him in the media. Like one of the things that like I've got loads of mates from um, from back home who are Rangers fans, and um, like the way he spoke in the media and the way he sort of spoke about Rangers throughout. There was no, never any excuses. There was loads of accountability. There was loads of challenge in the footballers, but also like supporting the footballers within the media, and and getting the best out of them and squeezing sort of every last drop of of um, you know squeezing every last drop out of them and. Um, and that's what I really liked. I thought he sort of really carried himself well and spoke well in a way that just looked like a proper leader. Um, and, you know, I'm interested to sort of see him with Jeff Shreves and with, you know, when things aren't going well or yeah. with uh, Des Kelly and, yeah, getting to watch that every week now. Yeah, because, I mean, there's there's been a few, hasn't he, so far, even like where I think even recently he got asked, like, is he happy at Rangers? And, and he was like, yeah, I'm happy. Don't ask stupid questions. And then there's the one where... I think like Morelos was like scored the winner and he was like, Yeah, he's in he's in the dressing room with like twirling his shirt around his head, he's he's happy and like just, just stuff like little like little tidbits like that that you like you can't wait to see if like he, he loses a game and like someone asks him a question and how prickly he can be. Like I'm looking forward to that because he does speak really well, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's something we see from Klopp and that's it, you know, at times you see opposition fans talk about it and sort of take the piss out of it, but like Ferguson was the master of this, like, you know. Sort of keeping the press on side, but also showing them who's boss, and 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 Klopp continually does that. Um, and I think to to a certain extent, you saw that from Gerard in Scotland as well. Um, you know, there's times when when journalists have asked him questions, and he's gone back at them, saying like it's a ridiculous question, and we've heard that from Klopp loads. So it'll be it'll be really really interesting. And um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see him match of the day every week. I'm excited to sort of see him now because you know we Scotland's only up the road, but you just don't. You don't tune in it as much. I think we all sort of, you know, we all wanted to see Rangers do relatively well, given that Jared's their manager and now Villa might be a bit of a bit of a second team as long as it's not in direct competition with us at any stage. Oh yeah, fucking. But if it is, he's he's doing a brilliant job. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I'm I'm just conscious we've just spent 16 minutes talking about Gerard there. So (laughs) (laughs) we'll move on slightly then, and obviously onto the. The, the thumbnail that that is what this podcast is about is that the Reds and on the season so far. So, just to ask you what you've made of the season. Obviously, we've played eleven games in the league anyway, six wins, four draws. Unfortunately, just the one defeat, which was the last game against West Ham, which is the was the most annoying really because obviously it was then followed by that the massive international break, which feels like an eternity. But like through in the Champions League, four games, which we never do. To uh, boss five 0 wins against United and Watford and a few draws against Brentford and Brighton, which are also annoying. The draws against um, City and Chelsea, you can obviously take that on the chin a little bit more. The City one definitely, maybe not the Chelsea one as much because they down, were down to ten men. But what have you made of it as a whole? Being 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 fourth in the league so far, it's, not, it's been not too bad, has it? No, it hasn't. Like I'm like I'm fine with where we are. Um, like I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mention Alex Ferguson again. And don't, I'm not meaning to continually cite him, but I, I always think back to one of the things he used to say, where he used to say, like, just get to, get to February, um, still be in the race, be amongst it, and then kick on from there. And you know, if Liverpool come through, what will, you know, it'll be a test in December, but you know, it, usually they've done, they've done quite well under Jurgen Klopp. December, if we forget about the the final sort of six days of it last year. Um, but usually they've sort of come through that because you know the rhythm of of games every three days. Um, I'm look, I'm happy enough with how we've gone this season. I think 
the fact that we're still in the League Cup, I'm quite enjoying it. Feels like a little escape, a little holiday, yeah. you know, and then getting to see the young players given a chance, getting to see Divock Origi doing Divock Origi things. Minamino score. Like overhead scorpion kicks, like craziness. <laughs> how, how are we going to describe Divock Origi to future generations? <laughs> I have no idea. What a madman. Just uh, dead, dead shit. But if you needed someone to step up in like the Champions League final, he'll score you the goal. Just... Shit, but brilliant. Is he the, is he the best shit footballer ever? Is he, is he the shittest best? footballer ever who, who knows but um yeah it's definitely I, up there <laughs> yeah <laughs> the, 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 you know the european cup the the performances and that have been have been brilliant there's been like those little little moments the milan where they where they peg us back the, the atletico game where they peg us back but you know what they've done so far in that like you mentioned they've literally never done that before um and that shouldn't that shouldn't be sort of you know, undervalued really, um, because now it gives us two games where they're essentially dead rubbers, and we can we can rest footballers in what's going to be a busy period. I think in the league, it's I think the the Brighton one's the one that's like ah, because West yeah. Ham West Ham are a, a decent side, and look, every team in this league have been beaten, and Liverpool were going to get beaten at some stage, and they didn't turn up in the second half, and West Ham did, and there was there was errors over all over the pitch. For West Ham to, to to get the goals, West Ham win it. And it's frustrating with this, the, the errors that have happened. It's frustrating how Brighton peg us back when we look in, you know, we look in so much control there. Um but you know, we're seeing the league more like the way the league, the Premier League has always been, rather than the way it's been the past three or four seasons, I think. Yeah. And I think we've been spoiled. Obviously not last season, but it's an anomaly of COVID. I don't I just think we're gonna disregard that season forever in my eyes. <laughs> Um, you know, but before that, the two seasons, the eighteen nineteen, the the, the nineteen twenty season, it was just a machine, and and you know, I think we were spoiled by that. That now we believe that that's what you have to do to win a league, and it's actually not. You just have to be amongst it at the end of February. You have to go uh, through this busy Christmas period. Um, you know, we we do need to sort of we do need to be a bit more stable and manage games better. You know, not allow teams to peg us back, particularly at home against the likes of Brighton, but. Um, you know, my only sort of worry really is the injuries in midfield. Now it looks like from the pictures today we, you know, we'll we'll be all right. Thiago's around, Milner's back training, Henderson looks as if he's running as well. So hopefully that means we're not going to be too, um, you know, we're not we're not going to be battling too much, too many injuries. But um, I'm fine at the moment. I think the next five games or six games are going to dictate what Liverpool season looks like really coming into January that game leading up to that game on the 2nd of uh, January against Chelsea that's when we're really going to sort of understand where um where Liverpool, the rest of Liverpool's season is heading I think yeah and like you said it's 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 difficult because you see teams like um like strengthening and you're like you're happy in a way because the Premier League is getting stronger but then like you said like we've been spoiled recently because Liverpool and or City have just absolutely blew everyone away, and it's been like a one or two horse race. Now, now it, you understand that this league is a lot stronger this year, so it's 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 lower averages that more teams are going to drop points. And obviously, we did against, like I said, against Brentford, and the Brighton one was the most annoying, probably like you said, because the way that we kind of that second half went, which was a bit a bit hard to watch at times because it was we were just getting completely overrun and then obviously the West Ham game where it was difficult as well the second half and like you said managing those games a bit better which obviously with players coming back and especially like if like Harvey Elliott like who knows when he's going to come back that anybody's he's back on he's back running and whatever else and he's a, he's been a big miss as well hasn't he and 
Um, I mean, the other, the other injury news that we had recently, obviously Robertson, I think he people people on Twitter were saying he got injured yesterday, but then he was up walking around at the end of the game. So we don't actually know what's we don't know what's going on with him at the moment. But um, and I think Curtis Jones, that there was another there was like a piece on the Liverpool website today about his eye injury, which is. The, the club doctor said that they can't put a specific time scale on that, but it's going to be a number of we- number of weeks because it's apparently it's like a, a bit of a weird eye injury. So that's a, that's a bit of a a mad one, but there's still plenty of, of strength in there, isn't he? In, in in that midfield. Yeah, yeah, there is. I think just in in terms of the point you made around like the the, the teams taking points off each other. First of all, like Chelsea have just been beaten by um, by Burnley, and before that, um, City were beaten by. Uh, Palace and Palace. Andrea at home to, to Southampton. So there's going to be sort of there's going to be teams taking points off each other all over the league. I think this season. I think um, I think in terms of the the midfield, like I think Thiago keeping Thiago fit over this period would be would be massive and sort of getting him back into the rhythm of things. Because I think towards the end of last season, we really saw what he can what he can offer when he's got a Fabinho in behind him and he's got you know Henderson there. You know with those two over this run. Um, you know, it could be massive and, and it'd be massive to sort of see Thiago, you know, make an impact in, in, in this league over that period. Um I'd love I'd love nothing more than Keita to, to to get a bit of a run on the side when he when he comes back, but it's just this continual sort of cycle with him um around, you know, gets a few games under his belt and presses and then and, and then is injured again. And then the Curtis Jones one is just sounds like a freak injury. I think I saw something where it's going to be like 10 days. I think they have to sort of keep him until his eye, whatever's happened to his eye. But I think Mil- getting Milner back over this period would be massive as well. It's just his, his age, as always. Um, and it'll bring up the 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 the, the Genie Wijnaldum talk again. I think I saw that over the past couple of weeks, people talking about Wijnaldum. Look, I, I don't know why we let Wijnaldum go and didn't replace him. Um but it that's done now and, and us talking about it and and like you know agonizing over it isn't gonna sort of help the situation. What we need now is Liverpool to sort of kick in the gear over over the December period. And if and if there's you know possibility of a new one coming in in January then then going for it. But um we can only control the here and now and the team the teams that are coming up and there's a big one at the weekend. Yeah, I think like the genie thing is like people look like clamoring for 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 Genie to stay, and I, I, everyone obviously understands that. But it's like, yeah, you've you've just got to live in the the here and now, and just <laughs> kind of support the team and and see what happens. And obviously, Harvey Elliott coming into the fold as well, that was yeah. like a nice surprise, wasn't it? Because he he proved pretty pretty quickly how how good he is, and when, once he comes back, he can he can prove that again, can't he? Absolutely, yeah, he was. I couldn't believe it to be honest. I, I like I knew we I knew we were seeing a little bit of him in, in, in pre season, but I still I still thought they'd maybe sort of hold him back. And the fact that they'd thrown him in straight away, uh, or from the second game onwards was a you know, that's that's a massive statement, I think. And you know, we were seeing him, I think it's a, a, the Burnley game where he, he brings it inside or maybe it's Palace where he brings it inside and, and you know, he's curls one, does a little uh, step over and curls one that's just so close and you know, there's these, there's the, the sort of like little glimpses and moments from him that he just looks like he's going to be a, a superstar. Um, I'm glad to see him running, obviously. And I think immediately after the injury, there seemed to be some sort of talk that it wasn't nowhere near as bad as they'd first thought and that, you know, he should be recovering quite quickly. But yeah, it'd be brilliant to get him back. He's obviously the reason why they've decided not to go for a, another forward or a, another midfielder. I still would have liked one, but that's easy in hindsight for me to say, given the fact that he gets injured against Leeds. But 
he'll be a nice boost at some stage. Like a new signing, Mick. Like a new signing. <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke, by the way. I, I, yeah, I, that for you. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's ever been said on Swift, you know? Like it's, it's like a new signing because you would get people yeah. would be fucking banging on your door, somehow found your address and just absolutely fucking turn you to bits. Don't you be clipping this with that quote there. Don't you be clipping this. He says it's like a new sign in Harvey Elliott. Come on. I'm I'll, I'll use that for the first tweet later to promote the, uh, to promote the video. Uh, but yeah, and obviously we were talking about the the, 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 um, the start 11. We might as well have a little chat about what you think it, it will be for Arsenal. Do you think we might get to see the infamous trio that we all want to see in Hendo, uh, Fabinho and Thiago? Do you reckon that's a possibility? Oh, I- I'd love it. Like I, I always think back to that Everton game where they were just imperious, weren't they? And we were so unlucky in that game. Yeah. Um, but the three of them were brilliant. Thiago was man of the match. You can sort of see it, that allowed that sort of setup allows Thiago to flourish, doesn't it? Because you've got Fabinho right at the back, and you've got Henderson doing all the Henderson bits, covering for the fullbacks, and allowing Thiago to, um, you know, to, to 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 do the things that we've signed them for, really. And um, yeah, I'd love that. It's just it, again, it's the question of her fitness. I'm I'm sure that they will have had Thiago, you know, doing ninety minutes and behind closed doors, even if it's just for him, even if it's against youth opposition, they'll have they'll have been doing something with him. Um, and and yeah, hopefully Henderson's come back from in, uh, from from international duty, and it's you know it's not too bad. He's obviously running today, but I wonder if it's a little a little trick that we used to see. Sort of again, God, I'm mentioning Ferguson, but Wenger used to do it as well. Mourinho were. You'd see these footballers come back from from international duty with a little knock, and 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 actually they're all right. Sadio Mane as well. He he was he was yeah. playing today uh, in all of the photos. You know he's nuts in there. Uh, uh, Nat Phillips, um, <laughs> both of them come back and had us worrying. But yeah, I'd love to see the three of those, um, and it'd be great to see Milner on the bench as well as another option. Yeah, definitely. I think. I mean, if if Robbo hopefully it's fine do you think it might might be the time for for costas to come in i think there's been like a bit of a weird kind of feeling on twitter in regards to robo like is he is he out of form is he a bit is he over over exerted in terms of how many games he's playing i, I don't know cuz i think like when i've been watching him i'm like i think simicast probably did deserve to start against west ham in my opinion anyway i was surprised that i mean i weren't surprised robo started but i was kind of like i felt a bit bad because that's because he's done he's he's done so well when he's been called a called upon. Do you think this one might be um, might be ideal for for Simcas? I th- I think so. I think it, it's it's a hard one with Robertson because it you know you feel daft sort of you know slagging him off or sort of you know hyper analysing everything and his performances after you know what he's what he's done over the past sort of three or four years and I think that. I think he. I think he's probably as much mentally tired as he is physically tired as well. Yeah. He's played so much football, um, you know, over not just the last, not just going to the Euros for Scotland. It's the qualifiers. It's the it's the the schedule last season with COVID. Then before that, it's the, um, you know, it's the the season we win the league and he's he's relentlessly playing because there's no one there to sort of you know come in for him. And and the season before that is his, his breakthrough. It, you know, it's it's all of these sort of like it's all of these building up one after the other. Without very, very little sort of uh, time off, and you see, you see the difference with Trent. Trent has a full summer off. Obviously, there's a part of that where he's injured, but he, he's smashing it at the minute. He's, you know, he's in the form of his life. He's gone up a level. Salah gets his first sort of six, seven week break. You see him go up a level, and you think you've seen Robertson sort of 
make dis- mistakes where it's not necessarily physically, it's like mentally sort of dropping off. So there's been times where he's been at the scene of the crime where it looks as if he's not held the line and he's he's stood deep and it's allowed the, the team, the, the opposition team to get in. Um, you know, there, it looks as if he sort of tires sort of later in the game. And I think we've all been quite excited by Simicas, so I don't think it would it would do him any harm. We're going we're going to need Simicas. Whatever happens, we're going to need Simicas over the next you know twelve games leading up to Chelsea. Because like I said before, there's nine in, in December, a game every three days. Um, so we're going to need him, and and I think we all trust him now. We're all quite excited about him. Um, so it's it, it feels like we're in a good position finally with with left backs for the first time in my life having two actual good left backs. Yeah, I mean we've. For a lot of the time I've been alive, we've had zero good left backs. So <laughs> no, nice to have two, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like, know, it's just it's just mad how fast like footy moves in terms of like people's opinions as well. Because like before the season started, it was like, are we going to sell Simicast because he's he's not that good? And then he like he hasn't he had COVID and he had injuries, and then he comes in and does well. And then Robbo has a bit of a little bit of a dip in what's been like you said like immaculate form over however long he's he's been at the club. And people are just willing to kick Robbo out and go, yeah, let's get Simicass in and fuck Robbo off for the for whatever however long. But it's like I understand it in a way because Simicass is in form and you should just play your players that are in form. But yeah, you've kind of got to sometimes just play your play your best players and hope that they turn up that day and and all of a sudden that form reignites itself. And it's that fine that that it's that dilemma, isn't it? Trying to trying to figure out what what to do. Yeah, definitely. I think people like new and shiny things, don't they? And, you know, yeah, it's the it's it's that thing of like I don't want to sort of blame FIFA and things like that, but it's that thing of oh, well, he's been shite, so we'll just we'll just bring him out and throw someone else in and try them. And I think I I actually would start Simicast this weekend just because it's a home game because you know we he's he's proven in the in in the, Euro- the European Cup that he can he can sort of handle it. He was you know he was great in the in the group game that he played and. Um, and I'd do it just to give Robertson a bit of a rest because then I think Porto's the next one and he doesn't have to play in that either. And that's a nice sort of 10 days. Two, that'd be two weeks then where he gets where he's he, he's not played 90 minutes. I mean, for, I'm Jurgen Klopp will know much more than me and he might be listening to this thing and you're a gobshite, Craig, because what Robertson needs is rhythm. And, and we'll play him yeah. against Arsenal. We'll give him a break against Porto. Simicast will play then. That's probably what will happen. Um, but no, I'm, I look, I'm not sharpening any pitchforks for Robertson. I, I think that's daft. I think, you know that this idea that we 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 drop him for a prolonged period or whatever. I just think that we can't we can't even do that anyway with the amount of games that are coming up in 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 later November and December. Yeah, definitely. As moving unit in the comments says here, Robertson, from what I recall, has had more good games than bad this season. I think what like I, people 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 remember those like little moments, don't they? Because you know they're analysed in MNF or you know they're they're showing all you'll be Carragher and Neville talking about how Robertson's not held the line or you know those are the little moments you, you forget he was actually brilliant the first half against West Ham I thought going forward he just looked like the, the outlet for us um, so yeah it'll, it'll, it'll all depend on how he comes back after after the international due definitely yeah and like you said the first half against West Ham he was he was really good and I think people are like well if it was Simicast because Simicast is crossing is better inverted commas that he would have maybe put in a better ball and I can kind of see it but it's like clutching at straws and it's like so you want Robbo's energy to get there but then you want to just sub him off at that moment and get Simicast on just to whip the ball in and I get Simicast's crossing as good like it is like he has got an absolute pearl of a left foot like especially on corners and whatever and free kicks but 
it's 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 just mental, isn't it? Like it, it it'll happen at some point where we'll play a game and Robbo will just be like man of the match, and we'll be like, oh yeah, Robbo is the best best in the world again. And it's just like, yeah. let's just all believe that anyway, because we all know it to be true. It's just he's going through a bad, maybe a slight dip in form, and this is the time where he needs it more than ever, rather than just going well. Let's fucking get Simicass in because he's he's got a better cross on him or whatever. Yeah, but that's all that 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 that, that football doesn't work like that because um, you you have no idea whether Simicass is getting himself into the same position as Robbo, or you, you have no idea where Simicass will have been in the pitch at that time. It just it just doesn't work like that. It's purely hypothetical. But um, you know, I if it, it just. It's it's just the internationals really that sort of worry me with Robertson, just how much how much football he's played. So yeah. if he comes back and Klopp looks at him and goes, Nope, he looks he looks fit, then no one's no one's kicking off and Robertson's starting against Arsenal. In fact, you probably when you're looking at the team sheet just for comfort, you're probably looking at it and thinking, oh, I'd rather Robertson just because we you know, he's he's what we know and we have known. Um so yeah, look, I'm, I'm, I I don't mind either way. I think we beat Arsenal either way if we if if either of those come in and and you know, play as good as they can, or as well as they can. Yeah, I think the only other question then is um, is is Jota or, or Bobby as the, as the nine? What do you think? I think Firmino's injured, isn't he, for this one? Um, or I think he's he's maybe got the I think he's maybe out for the next couple with with that hamstring injury. But I mean, I'd rather it, you know if it was if he was fit, I would rather Firmino um, just because of what we think. Firmino's been brilliant this season, to be honest. I think he's he's been doing all of the things that. Um, we've come to expect and from him in terms of you know that cog in the machine work the the dropping in deep and hassle on the defensive midfielder the win, the winning it back and defending from the front uh you know the pressures and the press and all of those things but he's added goals to this game um and um you know i think he's i think he's he, he must be up there in terms of like league goals per 90 minutes that he scored this season um and that's been one of the that's been one of the sort of the best things about this season, hasn't it? The goals for all, from all over, and the fact that we're you know we're at, we're able to have this conversation around whether we'd rather Jota or Firmino. I know Firmino's injured at the moment, but when he comes back, hopefully he'll be back and ready to to play a bit in the in this you know this this Christmas period. Um, I think Jota, there's still an, another level to Jota, and I think we we, yeah. we saw that for about a month, a month and a half just before he got injured last season, and that's why you know even when he's scoring this season, people are saying, oh, "Well, he isn't in the game as much," but. You know, he's pressing up there, he's working really hard, he's poaching. You know, 20 years ago, that used to be what you'd expect from a... Everyone would be saying, didn't he do brilliant? He worked really hard and he got the goal as a a poaching striker. Or, you know, we used to say, oh, if you've got a one and two, if you've got a striker that scores one and two, um, then you're doing well. Well, We've got got essentially three or four at the moment that, that could... Could be seen to be doing that, and I mean Divock Origi. If you want to throw him in there, he's not far off at the moment with his League Cup goals and his goal last week. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean to be honest, I I've been like like on Twitter that much and reading into all the other injuries that I completely forgot that f- actually Firmino was injured. So it's just me being an obhead, so ignore me. I know but it, 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 that's more <laughs> of like I think like obviously we we get worried by that, but I think the fact that we have Jota and we trust Jota and you can still play a front three that feels like the front three because because of what Jota's done since he signed and you know like under the radar he's you know he scored a few important goals this season and. Um, or he scored a few goals this season that you know I know he gets the one against Brentford and then it turns out not to be all that important but um, you know he's a he's a really good player and he works really hard and you've got Mo Salah up there as the best striker in the world at the moment you've got Sadio Mane who's 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 been in really good form in terms of his goal scoring um, 
so yeah, look, you know, we've got we've got reasons to be excited up up front. If I'm the lads playing up top, I'm looking at the back and saying, look, we're doing our job here. You just need to sort of, you know, we need sort to, we, yeah, we need to sort it out and ensure that we're not <laughs> dropping two 0 leads uh, in games. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 craziness. I mean, what we've what we've come from and what now we've got just players up front who are just absolutely the the top of the top of the game and the one of the what the best in the world and in, in, in their positions which is just like should we rubbing our hands with glee shouldn't we and, and apart from <laughs> instead of just being like really like fucking hell oh we haven't got Firmino this game or oh, we'll have to do a Jota like you said like who he can be out of the games but then he'll pop up with a goal and like you said like 10 15 years ago that is like if a striker had a shit game then he scores scores a winner in the last minute he's the he's the hero so it's like if we put him in there more often than not, he's going to score, isn't he? Because he's he is that good, and I can't. I like you said that extra level that he can go to. I can't actually wait to see that because he's he's young enough and on the clock. The next, hopefully, for the next three three years and more, it's scary how good he can be because he's fucking. He's got all the tools on him to, to to be one of the best. He definitely has, yeah. Like, and I know Pep Linders called him the pressing machine, but I think he's so much more than that. And you can sort of see why they signed him at the time. They signed him at that sort of sweet spot where they, you know, just before they believe he'd. He'd propel himself to the next level and, and he was doing that for the first two or three months at Liverpool before he got injured. Um and I think we'll see, you know, we'll see more of, of that from him this season. Definitely. I think he's you can sort of see where his trajectory would end up the same as someone like Sadio Mane's. Um it's whether you know a player like him can then take it to the Mo Salah level, which is Mo Salah, what Mo, Mo Salah's doing now. But you know, when it feels unfair to sort of judge anyone against Mo Salah because he's He's got the best goals per game ratio of anyone at Liverpool ever in their entire history. So I think we just need to sort of, people need to just enjoy more, enjoy this football team, enjoy having these, you know, three or four up top instead of worrying about the fifth that we don't have or that we didn't sign. You know, enjoy watching Mo Salah and Sadio Mane and, and Diogo Jota every week and enjoy Bobby Firmino coming back and being the fourth, the fourth option um, because, you know, these are sort of, you know, some of these are like once in a generation footballers, Mo Salah certainly. Um, and you know, like you said, there's a there's a time, you know, throughout most of my childhood where you maybe had one hero up front or you had maybe none at all and you're relying on a Steven Gerrard in midfield to sort of pull you <laughs> out of the of the dirt. But um, you know, now we've got three or four lads up there that are, you know, all well, three of them are, are certainly Liverpool legends and what one has you know absolutely everything in his locker to 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 ensure he becomes one as well yeah definitely well, i couldn't have said that better myself so i think we'll we'll leave that there and well i'll ask you for your for your score predictions before before we go to arsenal what do you reckon? um i think i think it's going to be 3-1 i think i think there'll be goals and i think hopefully liverpool have tightened up their defense uh, I think Arsenal on a, on, a, on a much better run than they they you know they have been. They look a much better team than than they did earlier in the season. So we're we're probably getting them at a difficult time. But um, you know if the, the Reds do what they can and sort of perform at the level they can, or even three quarters of the level that they can, then you know they'll be Arsenal. So yeah, three one and a couple a couple more goals from Musala to start another um, start another run of uh, goal scoring like he had wow. before, before the Brighton game. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Just to g- give him a little, a little shove to get to there, try and beat that um, that uh, that record that he got in his first year. But uh, moving unit in the comments agrees with you, Craig. So yeah, there we go. I'll, I'm going to go for th- what you said. I'm going to go for th- I'm going to go for three nil. You know, I know Arsenal have been in, like you said, in good form. Like I think last five, I think they've won three, drawn two, which is like 
madness because like the start of the season, like they start off really badly, right down the bottom. Arteta's like next to next to get the boot, and you're like fucking out. They're actually in a really bad place, and it just shows like once you get your good players back and you get back into a more of a rhythm, your new players start to gel a little bit more. Then the quality kind of kind of raises its raises head, and um, yeah, they've they've been they've been good, haven't they? And I think it's going to be a, especially being at home. I think that's why I'm happy we're home for this one, especially after the international break. If we were away at Arsenal after an international break, I'd be a bit more worried. But getting back to a full Anfield against them, and kind of especially after the West Ham game, to kind of prove a point a little bit as well against a good a good informed team. I think the third in the form table, which I don't know what that fucking means, but like a lot <laughs> earlier <laughs> it means fuck all, but. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Like that, the half, the fact that it's a half five kickoff, the fact that it'll be under the lights, uh, where there's now being in winter, and I think there'll be a real sort of atmosphere and age to it because Arsenal still feels like a big game. It still feels like it's one of the top four coming, even if they they haven't been finishing there. And um, like you say, they've been they've been doing well recently. Um, but Liverpool should have a point to prove, and and I think in general this season Liverpool have a point to prove, bigger picture because of what happened last season. Um, you know they've got they've got Van Dijk back. They've you know they've got Salah scoring goals. So you know let's sure let's make sure it all counts this season. And um, you know proving that point starts starts on Saturday night, doesn't it? I'm 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 bang up for it, and, and I'm sure they will be as well. Yeah, can't wait. But yeah, we'll leave it there for this episode. So thanks to everyone in the comments. A nice one. Nice one to Craig for his um, his Copy Podcast YouTube channel debut <laughs> after what. Two years before, afterwards, <laughs> with the uh, old audio shit back in the day, but uh, yeah, appreciate you jumping on, Craig. Appreciate your your, your time, and uh, hopefully we'll get you back on again very soon. Nice one, enjoyed that. Cheers, but uh, yeah, we'll be back on Sunday to have a little chat about like hopefully what Craig said. A, a boss little Liverpool win. Hopefully three one three nil do me, and uh, yeah, up the red. See you next time. Podcast Network.